Hey, Cameron. Uh, hey, Chad. I want to find a guy named Aldi who sells nuts. So you can be like, look at all these nuts. <laughs> so when my brother told me that like an hour ago, I laughed really hard. Um, I'm assuming you are too. It's just that your mic cut out. That's right. Damn, I nailed it. No, I was holding for applause. I'm going to put in a big like wave file right there. Mm. I had another joke. Okay. This joke is apparently really old and you've probably heard it, but I heard this at work for the first time in a meeting with people where the joke was really inappropriate. And for once, it wasn't me that said it, but it was a, how do you give a hillbilly a circumcision? How? You kick his sister in the chin. <laughs> Yay. That's delightful. Um, And how that came up is a bit of an involved story that's not important, but the guy was like, oh, hey, do you want to hear my favorite incest joke? And I was like, absolutely. Also, not the time or place, but if you will lead, I will follow. Uh, and, and that's where that one went. And uh, sometimes where I work, it's just it's just a big old cartoon. It really is. It's full of cartoon people. I'm trying to take my sweatshirt off without fucking my microphone set up. There we go. I don't have any more jokes for you. I just I just had the two. So it's funny, um, after the show last week, we ended up talking about comedy and we watched like a whole TV show. Yeah, yeah. I ended up talking about that on the comics podcast the following day because I was like so happy with that show. I need to watch more of it. I still, it's on my to-do list. Yeah. So we watched um, El Chapulín Colorado, which right, if, it, it, if anybody's not familiar, this is basically what like the Bumblebee Man from The Simpsons is based on. Where it's a Mexican superhero and he has like goofy costume and stuff. And I guess it's like the it, it's weird. It's like it's the fiftieth anniversary or something. So to celebrate, they put his skin in Fortnite. And it's this amazing thing of like I don't think anyone that plays Fortnite understands this Mexican comedy from the seventies. Like <laughs> the, I I wanna sit in on the business meeting where this was pitched and the that whoever modeled the costume did a really good job. And yeah. it's like, who is this for? But, I've, I, I mean, it's for me. I bought it. I've been playing Fortnite all week with the Chaplin. <laughs> nice. I, I uh, described, <laughs> described that character, that show, as like if Adam West Batman was crossed with the Three Stooges. Um. Yeah, and, That it's, it's basically like really basic slapstick or just like he falls over or he opens the door wrong and it falls over. It's 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 wonder it's so charming and I I I miss that kind of superhero where where like things are just fun. Um, yeah, like one of my favorite renditions of Batman is Adam West Batman because it's just it's silly, it's lighthearted, it's good fun. It's like you know what's yellow and rights? Oh, a ballpoint banana, right? You are Robin. Like it's so dumb, and at the same time though, like it's so bizarre and colorful, and like every decision seems weird, like that everybody involved took you know watching them climb up the rope but they're not it's the like, camera's tilted to the side or every time the villains are on screen like the like the camera tilts like 45 fucking degrees like they they live in a place where gravity's different uh i don't know it, it's it's one of those things they don't make them like that anymore and then like so much of the batman you consume these days is like really kind of grim dark stuff one of my favorite jokes was uh they figured out where the joker was or something so they drive the Batmobile there, 
and the there's an open spot in front of the building. So they go, but then Batman's like, wait, there's a no parking sign there. And Robin's like, well, can't we just park anyways? And they, and they like, lectures Robin on how important it is to like follow traffic rules or something, and they find somewhere else to park. And it's it's funny in the context, because it's like the Joker has a bomb. Like, there's a time factor. And yeah. also, by, by definition of what Batman is, he's a vigilante that has zero respect for the police to stop these villains. Like, he, for Batman to exist, he has to basically uh, be above the law and hold yeah. everyone else with complete disregard while he does what he wants to do. And so it's just, it's hilarious to me on more than one level. <clears throat> I like, um, I think it's one of the movies of, of him where, like, he's got this bomb and he's trying to, like, find a place to dispose of it. Oh, he's going yeah. to, like, throw it. But there's always something in the way. Like, there's, like, nuns going to church. He goes, like, throw it in the water and there's, like, baby ducks. And it's just this, like, goofy fucking circle of, like, what are you going to do? The bomb's about to go off. And it's like, you know, dude, the, there's a lot of ducks out there. I, I, no one's going to be, like, that upset with you if you accidentally kill, like, four ducks to save a chunk of Gotham from a big explosive. But he's like, no, we can't. We got to save them all. I don't even remember how that joke ended. He, he throw, I think he just throws it straight up in the air or something. Well, it's also, like, you think about, again, the modern stuff. If it was the Zack Snyder movie, then, like, Superman would detonate it when there's the maximum number of nuns around. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. I guess... The times be changing. I feel like like Superman would do that, and then Batman would say something like, you know, if there was a god, he would have saved those nuns. <laughs> and then Superman would have just nodded. <laughs> We're this world's god now. Yeah. The Joker's just over there, like, jerking off a fucking goat. He's like, look at me, I'm Satan. Dude. Uh, he wouldn't even be that cool. Dude, did you... Are you, like, practicing your Jared Leto Joker? No. <laughs> Is that what he sounds like? You literally you literally just sounded like the Snyder Cut Joker deleted scenes. That's funny. I I saw the Suicide Squad movie years ago. And I don't remember anything about it other than I did not like it. Like if you were like, hey, describe a scene from that movie, uh gun to my head, I'd be like, you might as well just shoot me because this this ain't happening, Chief. The Joker is such a weird character, especially the I, way he's rendered in the comic books. I want, you to, like, I want you to watch this scene, Batman. and I want you to try and say these lines the same way. Like, I, I have this time stamped for you. You don't want to kill me. I'm your best friend. Besides, who's going to give you a reach around? See, you do it just like Jared Leto. That's the first time you've successfully gotten me to act on this show, by the way, and I didn't even need to be boozed. You just had to be like, hey, let's make fun of Jared Leto's Joker. <laughs> like, no, okay. but you did it spot on. We have to find a Jared Leto skin in VR chat. I'm not even trying. I, I don't even I know. know his rendition of the Joker. No, you're, you're, I, I just, it dawned on me that his voice is like in your range. It, so it if is, you just do is. like, what's something annoying to say? That will make someone's skin crawl because it's so lame. That's your Joker voice. I guess. No, now I feel like you're adding like you're adding a lot of uh, um, I want to say stress because that's not the right word, but like now I'm building it up more than I want to. Like, oh shit, now I'm gonna disappoint people because they're gonna be expecting something. But you no, know, you don't understand. This means that now we can finally release the Cameron cut. Oh, 
we can Hell reshoot yeah. the whole Justice League the way that I intended it to be released. I I would love to see your cut of the Justice League, no joke, because it would be fucking off the walls and probably really depressing in parts, if I'm being honest. I know you kind of well. I want... You know what? I actually want to think about this more. This might be a fun uh, like writing challenge episode to write our own Justice League cut. So here's the thing. How, how Do you actually know the movie well enough to do that? I've seen it once. I I saw I've seen it. Um, if you count the Snyder cuts, I've seen it four times. Okay, because I I saw it the one time. I did not see the Snyder cut. I did not enjoy the movie. It's fine at parts, but it's mostly just kind of soulless and dumb. And I guess the Snyder cut is less soulless, but still dumb. Is kind of my understanding. It's it's definitely uh got plenty of flaws, but. <laughs> It's the best of the movies with Superman in it. Like the these Snyder movies, I did not like Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, <coughs> excuse me. I I did not care for Batman v Superman, but I there I were had elements fun with Batman v Superman. You know, there's elements in it. Batman yeah. v Superman should have been two movies. They should have had Batman v Superman, and they should have done Superman Doomsday separate. Yes, that would have been better. I I, I there are things about those movies that are. St- just ridiculously dumb like they're a flawed that's a flawed movie right but i think there are ideas in it that are cool i do like that tonally it was like trying to be very different from marvel and like being like yeah we're gonna be this distinct thing like you're coming to our movies for a different uh carnival ride than you are for marvel and then and then it didn't make any money people were mad so they're just like well i guess we'll uh i guess we'll do the marvel thing i i think they did good uh by trying to do something different and not just following Mm -hmm. the trend and I'm sorry that they didn't stick the landing because they could have had their own series of movies that yeah. might be palate cleansers on some of these Marvel movies, you know. Uh, but yeah, that didn't work out. Uh, Injustice 5, Justice Returns or whatever it was called. Uh, there were things about it I didn't like, but I could cherry pick things that I liked. Sure. And I think one of the things that I really liked was at the end when Superman shows up to just beat up the bad guy and he's set up for like a really dumb line where, uh, what, what getting weird notifications where like the bad, you know, Steppenwolf says something stupid, um, about like this world has no, or, or no truth in it or something. Um, and then Superman like catches his fist midair. He's like, well, I believe in truth and justice and punches him like a comic book, like an old timey comic book. Yeah. And I'm like, no way Superman's here. And he's actually acting like Superman for the first time in these three movies. And then that like lasts for five minutes and the movie's over. (laughs) Uh, the Snyder cut is vastly improved over the theatrical cut. But also, it doesn't have that moment at the end. Oh, really? It's, well, it, it, it's paced much better, and it's structured much better, and they also um, address plot holes that were introduced because of reshoots. Like, sure. The Snyder Cut's actually a, a good movie, but you have to watch the pretentious black and white version. Ah. Because that's the best one. It looks so good. Uh, the film was clearly shot with black and white in mind. Because every frame has such interesting like contrast and shapes going on that just works so much better in black and white. Uh, the Flash gets character moments that are interesting 
and he also gets to participate. Well, that's Cyborg good. gets character moments that are interesting, and he also gets to participate in the movie. Like, it's super weird because when the Snyder Cut was over, it's like, well, I kind of want a Flash movie. He's like, yeah, I want a Cyborg movie. It's like, they, <laughs> I don't know what they did, man. It was a bizarre decision, but... <laughs> I have I have a lot of, like, faults with Snyder as a writer and a director, but I do think, visually, he, he makes good-looking products. Uh, I, I'm not going to knock him for that, right? Uh, so I guess the idea of that, oh, actually, like, audio-visually, this movie was good. If you watch the intended version, makes sense. Uh, it's the, the theatrical cut, I thought, looked like... There were scenes in that that looked so cheap and weird. You could, like, tell they were, like, last-minute reshoots, and they got, like, the B-team to do them because they just had to get them done. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Um, comics are weird. My my current favorite rendition of Batman is Batman Reptilian. I may have talked about this before on the show, but the last issue came out this week. I haven't read it yet, but, like, it's one of those, like, so grimdark Batman to the point where it's, like, he's insane and has very little regard for the people around him or their well-being. And then there's a monster that's, you know, killing people and he's trying to solve the the, the puzzle. Uh, but making fun of the people that kind of get hurt the way because some of them are villains. He just doesn't give a shit. Like, it's such a an R-rated, over-the-top version of Batman. And I don't know why I like it. Uh, it's it, I think it's, I mean, it's fairly well-written, but it's just so goofy. I don't know if that's the intent or not, but... I, I love the extreme Batmans. I love Batman in the Lego movie, the Lego Batman, like where he's like such a dumb cartoon character. It's like self-aware. And then I love him. Yeah, like and then I love him when he's like the reverse, where he's still a cartoon character, but he's like almost evil. But it has to be done right because then you like look at some of Scott Snyder's version of Batman, and it's like okay, well, not that one though. Like there has to be, there has to be a charm to it, or yeah, like a self-awareness to it. You know, like this. He's such a. Because he's, that character's older than fucking dirt. Like, what do you what do you do with Batman? Yeah, and you know what's funny is that we don't have this problem with Spider Man. We have the opposite problem where we've seen Uncle Ben die like five hundred times because they just tell the same story over and over and over and over again. Yeah, and it's that's what it could be. <laughs> like, e- either we watch villains grow up to be heroes, or we become bored. Trademark. I mean, that was kind of the nice thing about Into the Spider-Verse is like, well, at least Miles Morales has a different origin story. Well, yeah, I, I actually, do you like Spider-Gwen? She's all right. I like what they do with some of the alternate universe stuff, like how Peter Parker becomes a lizard and, you know, those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have fun with playing off of what you're familiar with. But it still comes back to you have to be familiar with the source material to appreciate it, which is a good thing and a bad thing, maybe. Yeah, and I mean, I feel that way about the renditions of Batman I like, right? Like, the Lego Batman works because I know all of the versions of that character they're making fun of. Or the Batman Reptilian works because I know they're taking versions of Batman to the logical extreme to the point of, like, almost parody. I love Uh, that one joke. All-Star Batman and Robin. There's a part where, like, Robin's there, and he has to bring him along, and he shows up somewhere, and then the, the lady's, like, um, the commissioner's, like, like, oh, is that your son? And he's like, it's not my son. It's like, it's worse if it's not your son. <laughs> and that was a good joke. They didn't, like, dwell on it. They didn't do too much with that, but they did acknowledge how, like, kind of weird that version of Robin is. Have you, have you read All-Star Batman and Robin? No. Okay. 
I think you might get a kick out of that. I know I've probably talked about it on this this podcast as well because I have like eight stories and I regurgitate them. Um, but it's a wild, wild rendition of of Batman and Robin. Uh, Batman is like clinically fucking insane in that in a in a just demented way, but it it works and it works because it's such a a goofy take on the character. And there's like a lot of debate among amongst Batman fans whether like this was on purpose or if the author who I think was Frank Miller, but maybe not. Uh, he's like, no, he just thought it was cool to write this character, and it's like I don't think that's true. I think we all have to be on the joke on this, or or he's just. Or he's just the dumbest man. I don't know. I, I just don't think he's that dumb to be like, no, this is the best version of Batman. Oh, um, yeah. It's Frank Miller. Yeah. I'm looking at some of these covers. These are cool. I love the poses and the color used. Like, there, there's a point where he's just like, what are you talking about? I'm the goddamn Batman. Like, he, he's like so into himself. He's like, like, it's like he thinks he's the coolest, toughest shit in Gotham, which isn't like that far removed from certain versions of Batman. But it's like you don't hear him say it out loud, right? Like. Like, it's sort of like, what if every weird, deep thought Batman had just came out of his fucking mouth? And, like, that is that version of Batman. Did you ever watch the cartoon uh, Batman Brave and the Bold? Oh, God. I feel like I want to say yes, because I really recognize the title. So, that was a very well-done cartoon. It was kind of Adam West-ish. Like, not full-blown camp, but it's, like, it's bright colors and they're having fun with the source material. But the sure. hook for the show was that it was always about Batman teaming up with someone. So most of the time it would be like a lesser known DC character. Like it would be Plastic Man or Blue Beetle. You know, like it wasn't Aquaman. Sure. Like Justice League. It was sub Justice League characters. And it I was hate very. Aquaman. What? I don't like Aquaman, but also the DC Aquaman movie that came out like 2018 was pretty good. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, there was a really funny one though, where he went to the city that Nightwing protects, and the whole episode oh, okay. is he's teamed up with Nightwing, Bloodhaven, I believe. And yeah, and it was really funny because it's like Nightwing's whole thing is that he grew up <clears throat> and he's his own person now. Yep. And then Batman's like, oh, uh. Um, we just got a hit on the police scanner. We should go investigate the crime. And Nightwing's like, well, I can take care of it. And Batman's like already in the Batmobile. It's like, no, nah, come on. And so Nightwing has to get in the passenger seat. And then they're just sitting there. He's like, are we going to go? And Batman's like, well, you got to put on your seatbelt. And he keeps like talking to him <laughs> like a child. And Nightwing's like, stop talking to me like a child while he puts on his seatbelt. And just him like That's whining great. the whole time. It was a really funny episode. Nice. And it's like, I don't think it even came around to a point. It's like they never got over that. That's just their constant relationship. The, uh, I like that. Like, like the idea of like Batman not being able to move on though is like really in character for him. It kind of is. Like taking that to places that are mundane is fun. Like I, I wish more people would do that with him. And it's not just like, oh, I can't get over the death of my parents. It's also like, I can't get over the fact that I went to the zoo once and like that guy was a dick. You know, like, like just, uh, like, what if he was vindictive about a zookeeper, but not like the villain, the zookeeper, just like a random dude who's like, yeah, I take care of the hippos. There's like so many stories to do with all of these characters and all of them, to me, that would be fun, rely on something totally mundane and stupid. I'm, I'm so sick of like all the DC characters needing to save the city or the world or the universe. Um, 
the latest Shazam. There's four issues. And it's a cool four-issue mini on Shazam. Like, this will be fun. First three issues, fantastic. You're like, I don't know how they're going to wrap this up, though. There's a lot left. Fourth issue, oh, we're setting up, uh, if we don't do this, the world ends. But uh, it, it's continued in a totally different comic that's going to be on issue nine next week. And I hate that. That's like I was so fucking mad because it, it did, like, everything that the big two does that people either really like or really don't, I guess, that interconnectivity, which I think can mostly fuck off. But then, like, all of the fun stuff that Comic had been doing, just flushed it down the toilet, no longer important for 24 pages, and then it's over. Congratulations, you read all four issues of Shazam. Yeah, that was my problem with the, the New 52 when they tried to reboot stuff for DC. Uh, a, a few of the books I thought were really interesting, but then, like, the Justice League book wasn't doing so well. So they forced the writers of the other ones to, like, drop whatever plot they're working on and tie it into a big arcing plot across all the books. Yeah. And that's when I fell off completely because I was enjoying Aquaman, but it's like there were three issues of Aquaman that was his own story. And then it's like, well, let's put a pin in this narrative and we're just going to pretend that this other thing is going on at the same time. And it was very jarring and weird. That legit happened with uh, the last issue of Nightwing I read. Where it like the, on the cover, it's like part two of three, and I was like, well, I don't understand. I read the last issue, like it's been a month, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't part one of three. And it's like, no, 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 part one was in a different comic, like the Black Canary comic, and now there's this one, and then part three's in a third comic, and then it's going to start a new series. And, and it's you're like, supposed cool. to just so figure just that like, out organically, right? Yeah, it's like I guess if you buy and read literally every DC comic, that makes sense, but no one does that. And if you do, you're crazy because most of them are bad. Like, read something better, you children. I don't know. I, and there was a there was a small moment this year where I was actually kind of getting into some of the metaverse stuff and like the interconnectivity because it was it was being done, I think, in a smart way. And it's like, oh, like this is cool. Like you're starting off uh, issue one, but you're kind of calling back to an issue fourteen of a different book. But like, if you didn't read it, it's cool. Like you, you get you're up to speed. It doesn't matter. Like it's just kind of like flavor text. Like oh, you're invested in the world, so you know this. Uh, and then like three issues later, the Shazam thing happens, and it's like, never mind. This is why I don't like this. Yeah, comics are fun. You know what else is fun? No. Bud Light. And I feel weird saying that, but I've been drinking Bud Light lately because I won. Won that 12-pack at work uh, on Oktoberfest. I, I fucking like Bud Light. You know what? That's a, that's a totally reliable beer. I just spit all over my keyboard. There's nothing wrong with enjoying a Bud. Sometimes sometimes you want something simple and easy that's not going to betray you. And honestly, that's Bud Light. We're not sponsored by them. I'm just, I just enjoy beer. <laughs> I, too, enjoy beer. What was that beer is that this? the Flintstones would plug? Oh shit! What is the beer the Flintstones? Would... That is a good question. Uh, Bush. Bush. I'm pretty sure Bush Light sucks, but it honestly, probably doesn't taste that much different from like all the light beers that people drink in Wisconsin. Bush is still in business, right? I haven't seen them in forever. Oh yeah, I think so. They've got to be. Yeah, Bush beer. Well, it's I wonder. 1955. Goddamn. It might be a regional thing. I think I think so because I see this quite often around here. 
And it's one of those things where you can get like a 12 pack for nine bucks or whatever. So it's like cheap. Yeah. Oh, they're still sponsoring like NASCAR and stuff. So they're doing all right. It must just be a regional thing. We have so many microbreweries here. I I think there's like a a very high douche to human ratio. (laughs) I feel kind of douchey. I've I've started keeping a list of the whiskeys I've been drinking and kind of writing like a sentence or two about them and then giving them a rating. There's nothing wrong with keeping a journal like that. Yeah, and I've, it, it, it's been kind of neat because, like, I generally like all whiskey. Um, and so it's sort of weird, though, to, like, rate them and be like, oh, man, Knob Creek's fucking great. Like, yeah, but is it as good as this one? It's like, well, no. But it's also doing something different, right? Like, it's maybe it's not trying to be that kind of whiskey. It's trying to be its own whiskey. And so rating them, I might, I might actually cut the ratings at a certain point and just, like, take more notes on the flavors. Uh, but at the same time, like I, I rarely re- meet one I will, you know, not have again, just because I can be snobby, but I can also be like really lowbrow at the same time, which I think's healthy. Yeah, no, it is. I like this picture you sent me. Yeah, like sci-fi ad of Han Solo drinking a Bud Light or yeah, Budweiser. I don't think it's Budweiser Light though. I think it. Well, that looks like a real can. Oh. That's what the can used to look like. Okay. Back I guess in, like, that was a long, long time ago. Yeah. I'm going to send this to Jean-Luc and see if he, he thinks it. Honestly, I want like a sci-fi setting that looks like this, where it's kind of like that Star Wars thing, but there's neon lights. It's not just dirt. Mm-hmm. Like I want it to be sci-fi more than fantasy, but have this aesthetic. Uh, you know yeah. what I've been in the mood for lately is actually cyberpunk. Oh, yeah? Yeah. The aesthetic or, like, the property? Uh, well, a little of both. Um, there's a couple interesting Cyberpunk games on Steam I've been eyeing, but I might just reinstall Cyberpunk 27.7. Apparently, there's a big modding community, and people have been doing a lot of, like, fashion stuff with, like, cooler clothes options. And it's like, well, maybe I'll just do another playthrough and dress up completely different. Just it, it's fun yeah, to drive fun. around the city, you know. Yeah. Um, if we're gonna keep shotgunning random, uh, random topics, I, I got my Warhammer stuff today. I went to the store. Oh yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, I was, I was opening the box and I was letting the cat play with the box uh, while I was looking at the sprues and the build, build materials. I'm pretty excited about this. There's some really, really fun weapons and and just like helmets and and you know all the skulls because it's fucking Chaos Marines like. Uh, I'm excited for this weekend to like start building some of these. Which uh, which set did you get? Just the basic like set of ten Chaos Space Marines. Uh, but there's like a whole freaking like sprue sheet of just weapons and and arms and different poses. Uh, so there's it looks like quite a bit of custom ability to them. And you I gotta... like how the main guy has like just a fucking big axe like. He's got a gun in one hand, axe in the other, like he's holding it up like he's going to fuck some shit up. And uh, I'm excited to paint that axe. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna build him based on the box art. Like, hell yeah. Normally, I, like, I want to customize these. And I found out with the Necrons that I did, I tried to customize them too much, and it turns out, like, they were really only supposed to be built the one way. And so some of my Necrons do not, are a little fragile, because I had to use a lot of glue to get them to stick together. It just so means you're doing it right. Them. I'll try to take like a hybrid approach with these and be like, I'm going to build it one at a time and generally follow the box and the instructions uh, unless 
I feel like I can get away with not. Uh, I also have some bits and pieces from my warp talons that I could also grab and bring up. So if I wanted to give someone like spikier shoulder pads or something, I can do that. I'm looking forward to this game that Herc's trying to plan. Yeah, he actually sent me a message a little bit ago. Um, to do real quick, what kind of army do you want to make? Like besides chaos, how did you want to play? Uh, imagine if your army were a single character in D and D, and like actually, I like that approach. Like that that is definitely a way to get me invested. I also don't have an answer for him. I have no fucking idea. Yeah, so it's interesting because with chaos, you have options. Um, I think you could focus on melee or range or magic. Okay, so he's like character class almost. Yeah, so with Chaos Marines, I think uh, if if you haven't, maybe find a copy of the book so you can just look at the units a bit. Okay. But I want to say that there's like a couple really strong wizard units. Like it'll be like a your commander has access to like five different spells. And he's going to be like watching over your grunt guys. Okay. So you want to either like pick spells that benefit them more or try to think of grunt guys that will help him more. Mm-hmm. And you build out your team based on that approach. Okay. That makes uh, sense. We're doing only 500 points, which is like very limiting. So it's kind of like you want to pick one strength and then build to that strength and you'll, your guys will synergize really well. Sure. That makes, I like that though. That like, it, it feels like low cost, investment right like okay we're gonna keep it really small and downscaled and then like if you like it you just play more than once like it doesn't have to be this four hour multi-thousand point army thing right because that's sort of like my goal right with my own like things i'm physically buying and painting it's like yeah like 500 point armies get a couple of them play with my brother play with you if you come over uh it's funny though because obviously he mentions D and i'm just like well my D D character was an alcoholic gnome who was an idiot he burned all the spell, you know, burned all the puzzles down. So slightly different uh, expectations here, I think. Yeah, but this uh, narrative campaign is going to be fun because he's setting up like multiple planets that have resources. So it's basically that everyone in the groups is going to like pair off and fight over planets. And depending on who owns what planet, you get bonuses on the next game. Uh, Everyone in this group is pretty chill, too. So I'm actually really looking forward to this. Yeah, this this seems like a neat idea. I hope I do it is kind of the thing. Like there there are a point where like something might feel like too much work and I'll be like, I want a nap instead. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean it, the the best part is Herc's very flexible. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm sure it'll work out fine. He's not like I, I I've tried reaching out to people to play before, and it's like I I'm not uh, I'm not properly trained to deal with special needs children. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, not to be mean, but it's like this person isn't very sociable or socially aware, and they're difficult to talk to, which doesn't sound like a fun two hours to play a, a big game in. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm excited, though. Like, I don't know. This has kind of been a really neat hobby to get into over the last, like, year and a half now. Yeah, I, I was actually kind of reflecting on uh, how long I've been working on my one army. <laughs> and it's like, it's actually been fun because even though the progress has been slow, it's neat to see so much of it coming together. Sure. And all the time I've spent on it and stuff. It's like, oh, you know, this has actually been a good hobby to have. I'm happy. 
I think like with the Marines I got, I'm probably gonna build five, paint those, and then like in a couple months build the other five and paint those. I think Yeah, that sounds good. I think, you know, spacing it out is gonna help and just like I don't ever want this to really feel like work. Like I want this to feel like a fun art project. And so if I have to scale it down a little and like take longer, totally fine. Yeah. I have to shut this one person out. There we go. I have to. I always forget to set myself to offline mode so people don't send me questions expecting results. Why do you have so many friends, Cameron? I wouldn't call them friends. <laughs> More like associates that spurg out if I don't talk to them too much. Uh, do to do. So you had a kind of a video game thing you mentioned earlier in the week. Um, oh, that's right. No, so. Uh, this last weekend, I've been playing Sims. Yeah. And it's fun. I think we've talked about Sims before, though. But I'm having fun. I made a couple new families, and they're interesting. Uh, I found some like interesting new mods. I'm experimenting with those. I got a cool vampire lady where uh, when she turns into a vampire like monster, it's like uh, she actually becomes half bat. Like her arms become giant bat wings. And she's like a, this like horrifying beast monster. And then she transforms back into the unassuming lady. And then she's oh. roommates with Cosmo Kramer if he was a centaur. And an evil gnome. And it's like, well, this is fun. But it got me thinking about uh, not just The Sims, but really simulation games. Do you ever play stuff like SimCity? No, the I played SimCity like the very first one. Uh, way, way back in the day and didn't really know what I was doing. So you'd plan like the, whatever God mode it was. You're just unlimited resource. And it was just kind of like raking random cities and putting stuff around and, and then summoning a monster to destroy them. I'm pretty sure that was the Sims, uh, Sim city back in the day. <laughs> so I don't, I don't really play a lot of these kinds of games and whenever people talk about them, I'm always like taken aback by the fact that like you can be vampires and shit because I always... My my understanding of them is like definitely like three or four games old. Oh no! Like they had they had vampires and aliens in Sims Two. Really? I, maybe even one in, in an expansion pack or something. But uh, yeah, it's basically like what's funny is it translates really well to just a normal life. It's just that you have different needs. Okay. So. Like your your Sims will get hungry, and then after a while they have to go to the bathroom, and it's like those numbers basically work the way you think they would. With the vampire Sim, uh, instead of being hungry, they basically have like a thirst level, and they have to drink blood to replenish their thirst. And eating food doesn't help at all. And actually, huh. as you level up your vampirism, you can actually develop like some depilid that debilitating side effects that are like drawbacks where eating food will make you sick so it's like people will invite you to the new year's eve party but then it's like they'll set up fruitcake and say hey everyone have some fruitcake and now it's like you're socially awkward if you don't eat it but now you're gonna get sick and it'll ruin the night if you do sure stuff like that and then like you die in sunlight and then you you sleep better if you sleep in a coffin and it's optional, but it would be really beneficial if you just slept in a coffin. That's funny. Um, stuff like that. <laughs> me. Uh, yeah, I like uh, I like the mermaids. The mermaids are fun because instead of a hygiene 
meter, they actually have like a water meter where they need to be wet. So it's like they'll go to their day job and then they'll come home and they just want to soak in a bathtub all night uh, instead of actually bathing. I like that. Like, I don't want to play people in most video games. Like anything like yeah. this, right? Like these sandboxy things. Like I am a people. I'm surrounded by the people. I want to I wanna be a centaur or a vampire or a werewolf. Like, yeah, I like the idea of like a vampire navigating a, ho- a, a not a Halloween party, but like a any kind of party and it's just like i need blood well there's there's fruit punch not blood though like, oh like, that's another thing that there's basically two different vampire paths where you can be a good vampire or an evil vampire and uh there's there's humane alternatives to blood because there's like a fruit that gives you similar qualities to drinking blood just not nearly as fast but okay. you can you can <laughs> you can order like mixed drinks at the bar, you can get like a Blutterita, or you can grow one of these trees in your backyard so you have an unlimited supply of blood substitute. Um, a plasma punch. Nice. I always like that about True Blood, that that <coughs> lightly smutty uh, book and TV show. We're like, the True Blood is like the name of the, the vampire blood substitute that, hey, we can integrate into society. We don't have to eat humans. We have you know, synthetic fake blood that comes in like a beer bottle called True Blood. And I don't know, there's something about that that just struck me as like kind of whimsical. It's like, oh, hey, if vampires ever actually just showed up and like came out of the coffin as they as they did in the in the in the show, like you, there would be co- there would be products for them, right? Like all of a sudden this is a a new business venture is how do we appeal to the vampires? And then also, how do we get them to not kill humans? I started watching a show recently. We're, we're jumping topics into fantasy creatures now. Uh, but have you ever Sorry. seen What We Do in the Shadows? No. I kind of love this show. And actually, now that I think about it, watching this show is what got me to get back into The Sims. Oh, yeah? Because it's just, it's modern day. Like, there's a spooky vampire castle uh, in, like, Queens or something. And it's like there's different vampire archetypes and they're all living under one roof together. And it's filmed like a documentary reality show. (laughs) And they live in modern times. And so they're just Mm. they're so isolated and content to be alone that they don't socialize or keep up on things. And it's like the one guy has a familiar, which is just he's some fat guy that that like he grew up thinking vampires are cool. So he got a job as a vampire familiar. So he just like. He helps them do their taxes since they don't have a computer. I think I've seen a uh, because this is like comedy, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I've seen some commercials for this, and it looked really funny. I think Heather told me to watch this at one point. It it actually is. I recommend it. Um, it's on Hulu. Oh, nice! I have that. Okay, yeah. Oh, you know what? Maybe we should watch an episode. If you could watch the pilot, we'll talk about it next week. Probably do that. I wonder it's if fun because we we just finished because. My family, we're looking for something to watch because we we do a lot of that. We just finished the the last two seasons of Archer, which are both really funny. And so we're kind of just like, what the fuck should we watch next? And it's like, well, I think Rick and Morty might have a new season up. Uh, yeah, this might jump back to more cartoons. Yeah. But this might be. It's worth trying. I'm not sure if everybody will like it. I think it's your sense of humor. Sure. Uh, one of my favorite gags, though, is one of the vampires is actually a psychic vampire. Oh, nice. Which he's literally just uh, like this bald, annoying accountant 
and like there's a there's a plot point where like the king of all vampires commanded them to uh to like take over the world or something so it's like well where do we even start and then the psychic vampire overhears it and it's like oh you want to talk to the leadership i can show you and so they go to a late night city council meeting where everyone's just like completely bored out of their mind and the microphone's not working right and everyone's just like going over the paperwork and saying all the formalities and stuff and and it's like it pans across the room and everybody looks miserable and then the psychic vampire just like sitting there with this huge grin on his face nice like that's where he goes to feed every week is just on everyone's misery in that one room i love that that is such a clever idea that the show is pretty fun um sometimes it gets a little crass for no reason but mostly it's kind of smart jokes. Did you ever watch uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place? No. Oh, okay, never mind. Um, I've never even heard of that. <laughs> that's one of my favorite shows. I, If I could track that down, I will force you to watch it. Okay. Because um, you will appreciate that one. But this is a fun show. But it's just, I, I like the idea of something fantastical, like a thousand-year-old vampire. And then it's like, but what happens when he goes to the Walmart? And then he gets excited because there's a sale on glitter. So he can he can look like the new vampires in Twilight and That's impress really his boss. And, and then his familiars, like, you know, like, okay, do you want the, do you want the silver glitter or do you want the... the variety pack? And he's like, it's like oh, I want all of the glitter. It's mine. Like, all right. <laughs> and then it's like they're trying to do the checkout and the vampire's like refusing to pay because humanity's beneath him and then the his familiar is like he's like no nah, i have a card it's okay it's just it's that kind of stuff where it's like i'm gonna reinstall sims 4 with all my yeah my lewd vampire mods i like though once again right like that story from the perspective of the familiar where it's like a mundane job that's not mundane that kind of stuff is is it can be really really fun to to workshop and write. Like I have a couple of ideas for, for stories that involve taking like the factory setting I work into and like what if this factory but something else? You know, what if right. this factory but magic? What if this factory but like spell books? Uh, how do you how do you take something that everyone goes into every day and it's just like yeah another day in paradise, living the dream, yuck yuck yuck, and that honestly. Sentiment, I want to see this in Harry Potter. Like, I want to see, uh, like the candy factory where they make the chocolate frogs. I, I want it to yeah. be like the opposite of Willy Wonka's factory, where like nothing is whimsical. It's like, oh, so you you cast Froggyum Packagio to to package them, right? And it's like, no, you know, it's it's kind of just easier to put them in the box. You know, we we tried using magic, but it's like it hurt my wrist. It's easier just that, pick yeah, it up and put be, it in the box and like, take all the funny. fun out of it. I, I would love that, partly because, like, there's so much truth to that, right? Like, oh, look at this cool thing. I wonder how it's made. And then you find out, and you're like, oh, it's made by miserable people who are doing this 9 to 5, like, fucking everything else on this planet. And they have, like, a quarterly earnings meeting, and it's, like, and, you know, they have, a, like, an accountant goblin or whatever who's like, like, we need to review the quarterly reports. And it's like, okay, do you need my help for it? It's like, yes. All right. You could have just, uh, you know... Sent our equivalent of an email. You didn't have to walk over to my desk. Do we need to have every flavor? Sales are down after the mucus came out. He's like, yes, that's the selling point. He's like, no. 
They hate it. They don't want every flavor. They just want to see every flavor on the box. Like, no, you didn't. And you know, Birdie, some flavors Birdie are be died, way more expensive. And I promised on his deathbed that we would have every flavor. He's like, you didn't put goblin cum flavor in there after I volunteered. I, okay, we're going to have to go to HR again. <laughs> what? You, you know said every though, flavor. Is, uh, it's like, well, Birdie's dead. Like, he can't force you to do it. It's like, well, actually, his ghost still wanders the halls and, like, sticks his hand in the beans and tries to eat them, but fucking can't. And then he <laughs> sighs. And then we bottle up the size so like there's ghost sadness flavor is, is random beans and no one likes those but you know birdie still got it <laughs> oh my god i like the idea of birdie just like like someone's uh, on the you know in the wizard can just taking a shit reading the paper and the ghost just like wanders through the fucking stall door just like looks at him just like uh-huh and then just keeps going <laughs> You're like, man, maybe, maybe Birdie was kind of a weirdo. We shouldn't continue on with his business. Uh, we have fun here. We do. We are, we are better writers than J.K. Rowling. We've just proven it. <coughs> you got to say goblin come. I'm not sure that I am, but I'm a better joke teller. I'll take that. You going to do anything for Nano? It's, it's National Novel Writing Month. Oh, is it? What's a novel? 200 words? No, it's a little more than that. But National Writing Month, as far as I'm concerned, is however many words you want to write. So, you know, you should do something for it. You should use it as an excuse to write something. Should I write? uh, Hmm. Because I have so many dumb ideas. I know, and I love most of them, so you should pick one. What about a mermaid? No, I got nothing. I feel like you've you've spitballed stuff. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if it would actually make you happy or not. But like, I I think I think he got it in you to write a funny short story, and it's like you know you could do that this month, and it's a good excuse to do it. It is a good excuse to do it. I will write my treatment for what the Justice League movie should have been. There you go. I feel like you had some like Star Trekky stuff that was cool. Yeah, I want to do sci-fi. I wish I was better at sci-fi. You can't get better at something unless you try it, though. Did so, you see like, Dune? No, I, I probably should. I like how uh, someone pointed out that this Dune movie is maybe the closest we'll ever get to a Warhammer movie. Oh, really? Um, Have you ever read Dune? No, and that's also kind of on my to-do list. So there's a... Like, you, you don't see a lot of them in this movie. This is going to be in Dune 2. But there's, like, an army of zealots that worship the Emperor, and they wear, like, combat armor, and they sacrifice humans and spread the blood on their faces. Oh, Jesus, that is just Warhammer. While the priest is, like, ordaining them before battle. And then they get in big blocky ships that aren't aerodynamic and, like, rain turbo death out of them in a way that, like, there's no way to stop this firepower. It's just unreal. This is one scene in the movie, <laughs> um, but I'm watching it going like, oh, man, part two is going to be a really good Warhammer movie because some stuff happens. Yay. So every every person I've heard talk about Dune, whether they liked it or not, they were very quick to mention that this movie's fucking long. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't. Was it was it paced well for you? Because like to me, yeah. I was like, yeah, the movie's long. Like, that's a huge turnoff. 
Um, my my problem was when it ended, I was in disbelief that they chose there to end because I thought it's like there was another act left. Oh wow! It, it was so abrupt. I was like, "Fuck! I I can't recommend this movie to anyone without part two because it leaves you hanging so bad." Oh geez. <laughs> in fact, I I'm kind of second guessing if part two is enough. They might do a part three. I I don't know what the I don't know how seriously they want to take part two. You like the book, right? Um, so far, I'm almost done with it, but I actually do enjoy it. Because that's another thing where I've heard a lot of people either say, like, hey, this is like this great piece of science fi- sci-fi, or it's so boring, I, I got to page 30 and stopped. Uh, so so like- I told you, um, actually, my brother Matt, he hates it. He thinks it's the worst writing he's ever read, and he, like, dropped it fast. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, I love the language. Like, I think it's done well, so it's it's interesting how drastically different our opinions are i found that scene you're so good at finding things oh i know (laughs) that was cool yeah you see what i mean though where it's like there's a tone here of oh this is one of those things that inspired warhammer like i know dune inspired a lot of sci-fi it had a lot of like drastically high concept themes that have been cherry picked over the years, mm-hmm. but it's like, oh, you know what? Somebody took this one aspect of Dune and like turned it to eleven. I like that. I, I would love a good Warhammer movie, but I also want like what I would consider a good Warhammer movie, which is basically I don't want to focus on the humans. I want to focus on all the fun, cool monsters, <laughs> but no one's gonna do that. And it's the same with the Warcraft movie, right? Like. I want a, I want a good Warcraft movie, but I want I don't want humans. I don't want the one we I like the one we got. Like I I legitimately have a lot of fun with that movie, but it's it's flawed as fuck. But like the ideal movie set in Warcraft is gonna like tailor to my experiences with World of Warcraft, and like everyone is gonna go into that movie wanting their experiences because they want to see the things they like the most and and kill the things they like the most to kill. Like as far as raids and shit, and it's like impossible to do that. And it's the same with with. A Warhammer, like you can't just be like, you know, what? we're gonna tell a, a Tyranid story from the perspective of the Tyranids, and all the Tyranid players are gonna be like, hell yeah! But all the normal people who want to go to a sci-fi movie are gonna be like, I don't want to watch the weird bugs, like the, I don't get it. Like, where who are the good guys? Like, it's just not like made for like a mainstream audience that would need to buy a billions <laughs> of dollars of tickets to support the budget. And you know, it's funny because there's no like Tyranid books really. Like, there's nothing to do with them narratively. They don't talk or think right and so the only way you can use them is if they're like a silent enemy like alien and it's all told from the perspective of the the people fighting this uphill battle Mm. but when you're a a tyranid player like when you've invested in a tyranid army that's what you care about but it's really hard to make you like narratively interested in a a story right (laughs) Because, I mean, Tyranids are like, it's like, hey, what if uh, what, what if you played from the perspective of, you know, Cthulhu or, or some kind of eldritch horror, right? Because, like, ultimately that is kind of what they are, is like, yeah, there's something outside the universe, and, like, this is this is that thing's arm is these Tyranid bugs, and it's this crazy hive mind, and they're killing everybody, eating everything, and warping people, and, and, and whatnot. But, yeah, there's no... There's no story there, like, there's no, there's no motive that, like, we as humans would ever understand, because we're not, like the size of a cosmos. Uh, so it's fun in theory, but I don't know what you 
I don't know what you do with that unless you really want to break a shitload of rules because characters tell stories. They do. I want to subscribe to that Warhammer Plus and watch those cartoons that got up there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, A couple of those I actually did hear good things. Like I think there was a finale to the Battle Sisters one. And somebody said that it actually did end satisfyingly. Cool. So I'm thinking I might sub to that and uh, give that a shot. And also that Battle Sisters comic. Should look that yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. I heard there was something that came out, some comic book, and I was like, oh, I'm kind of surprised I don't know about that since I read a shitload of comic books for a comic book podcast, but... But there's a lot of comic books out there. There are a lot. Some might say too many. So it's funny, I want to talk about uh, simulation games, but we we went on much more interesting topics tonight. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I could talk about with simulation games is maybe uh, Animal Crossing. I wanted to talk about a sci-fi one where you, you basically, uh, like, you're in charge of at least one planet and basically, like, colonizing and using the resources and establishing trade and it can get out of hand very quickly because a lot of like intergalactic uh not only regulations but also the kind of people that break regulations and where you want to be on that spectrum and like (laughs) you can get like a a super efficient um highly advanced ai to make all your decisions for you and it's so efficient that it's actually illegal and as long as no one finds out about it it's okay and you just keep ranking in money and they'll get really suspicious that your planet's so efficient. So you think, hey, maybe we should get rid of the AI. So you go to unplug it and find that it's not there anymore, and it moved itself, and you're not sure where it went, and it's blackmailing you now. Oh, dear. And it's like, that's the kind of game this is. If I could remember the name, I would let you know. That I want to say Star Sector, clever. but that might not be right. <laughs> it's two sci-fi words put together. As you do. As you do. Um, oh, what if it was a mermaid in space? It was a mermaid astronaut. Yeah, you, you do a picture of a, like a mermaid in kind of a space setting in a wheelchair that I thought was clever. I was looking for wheelchairs in The Sims, and I guess like no one's figured out a way to make that work, which kind of surprises me because I feel like you should be able to make that work. Yeah, you'd think. Oh, well. I hope you write a story, Cameron. Are you gonna write a story? I, I'll, I I I don't know what I'm gonna do. I will eventually get really antsy and bored, and where if I don't edit or write something this month, I'll go crazy. I just have to pick which of the two things and then do it. You can write uh you can write a backstory for your Chaos Marines. I could. <coughs> I've thought about it. Honestly, doing a fanfic with my Chaos Marines. I, I know just enough Warhammer lore to probably bullshit it and piss fans off. But it would also be just like a slapstick comedy with lots of violence. I don't respect them as people. They're stupid. Who's they? My Chaos Marines. That's fair. I think I named one of them Pickle. <laughs> yeah, I'm sending you pictures of a couple like Space Marine w- wizards. I like them. They're so. I I I have. Uh, I can never tell if I like like them or if I kind of like them. I don't know. Like the one with the the axe is kind of neat. Um, not the best sculpt. Looks a little. Yeah, the, the thing with chunky. Chaos Space Marines is that they're kind of old. 
Yeah. Like they've they've been around long enough that um the newer factions have gotten a lot more love. Which is the a, last one's cool. Yeah, it's it's a good thing and a bad thing. Um I love like the fantasy spears and the fantasy swords and axes and stuff because they're so dumb, but they make me so happy. Yeah, they do, don't they? There's something romantic about like this like huge grand scale, but also I am equipped with the mightiest of swords. Yeah. But then there's like the idea like imagine like this sword has been on ten different planets and has killed a thousand people on every planet. You're like, shit, that sword's got some stories. Yeah, really. Also, it shoots lightning. Hooks goats. I like I'm making my Grey Knight list and um my uh my brotherhood captain he carries with him like his sword that's psychically attuned to him so it only works if he's using it but also he carries like this uh it's it's like a shroud that was laid over a really strong gray knight the day that he died and so it's just blessed with all of his good intention that's cool and it's like it's so old-fashioned mysticism yeah. while they're in spaceships fighting aliens. I wonder what, like, the, the internal wikis are at, at Games Workshop to, like, keep some of this shit straight. And then also how much they care. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, and that's something that fans will complain about sometimes. It's, uh, like, they read a favorite book ten years ago, and then something new will come up that contradicts some minute detail that they remember. And they're like, they don't even care about their own lore. And it's like, dude, shut up. No one person can know everything in this lore. Also, the lore is so dumb, you shouldn't take it seriously. You can't take it seriously. Like, I, <coughs> I'm looking at the noise marine, who's just, it's a chaos space marine, but he's equipped with a guitar. Yeah. It's like, how seriously are we taking this? I mean, that's like, the, that's part of the charm. It's like, what if big, stupid weapons? It's like, yeah, what if those things? I love the cool like world. Warcraft huge shoulder pads. Yeah, where it's like it's yeah, impractical, but also re- it makes it a really cool profile. It does, and it's funny. Like you look at like Star Wars, right? And like the lightsabers. I feel like the way the lightsabers work, how they they look, what they do. Like there's a practicality to them. Like oh, like, everything that shoots at me, I can block, and I have the force, so I'm like like a fucking ninja with these things. And they're light, and they're fast, and they can just cut through anything, and it like sells you on the idea that oh yeah some of these people would probably carry around a lightsaber or a melee weapon and it would be useful. Uh, and then you look at this this fucker's like chunky ass axe and you're like okay, well what is that gonna do really? It's just a, it's just an axe. Also, every important character in Warhammer lore stands on the highest rock where they're the easiest to snipe, but they're in charge so they have to stand there. Mm-hmm. Like that's how every pose is is like a romantic painting. Um, there's very few that look like they're in an actual battle situation. Oh my god, I want to write a story where an orc gets a sniper rifle, but the scope is put on backwards. But he's so happy he finally has one of these things, because, like, the humans keep fucking shooting him from so far away, because they're cowards. He's like, we can finally do this. We can show him what it's like. But he looks through it, and it's like, everything's even further away. And he's like, oh shit, this is really hard. And he just, like, tries to get good at being, like, with a sniper rifle that's on backwards. And he eventually he gives up and he just starts using it in close range like in Halo and he's just like no scoping bitches. <laughs> I want at some point 
someone to sneak up behind him, but he sees the reflection in the in the lens. Yeah. So it's like, wait, yeah. wait a second, it's a backward shooter. Oh my god, I love yeah. I, and see that that's so fun. Oh, oh, Games Workshop, pay me to write Warhammer books. Most <laughs> love, of the fans a, would hate them. <laughs> I was in a Warhammer thread, and someone has this art where there's like a a space marine captain, and he has a pistol under an orc's head, and he shot up through the neck, through the orc's skull, and blood spraying everywhere. And people were debating what the odds are that the orc survived. Uh, I think pretty high. Like I don't. That's think the thing. It's like. The point of the picture is he just killed an orc, but then it's like, well, let's do an analysis, <laughs> and all these nerds start like citing references. It's it's fun because I know they're like technically a fungus and they have organs, but I'm pretty sure like not in consistent places. Well, also a lot of their organs are replaceable. Um, like if you look, there's a lot that have like cybernetic limbs or like little aspects of their face that don't quite make sense. Yeah. <laughs> also, if that orc just believed really hard enough that that gunshot wasn't going to kill him, he'd be okay. Or if someone else's orc brain believed that that body looks pretty useful, they just surgically it, yeah. put that in. That's so, that's really funny, though. I want to close out with a glad space. Okay. I want to say my glad space is playing Warhammer with my friends. It's fun talking about all this stuff together. It is. It's a good time. Um... My glad space, I I got turned on. Someone showed me to uh, the this YouTube channel, Hot Ones, where like they interview celebrities and eat really high spicy chicken wings. Uh, it's pretty popular. Like they got a lot of views, so I'm not I'm really late to the party. But it is it is legitimately like a really entertaining show. But also the guy that interviews people is a really good interviewer and he asks really good questions. So you, you get a lot out of them. Like as far as entertainment, as far as like you know, uh video content or whatever like uh paul rudd's if you haven't if anybody hasn't watched this watch the paul rudd one because paul rudd is amazing he is uh he's the golden retriever of human beings that's actually a really good way to put that yeah someone someone told me that a couple weeks ago and i was like i'm stealing that because it is like the truest thing to ever be said about paul rudd that really is but uh <laughs> it, it, it's funny i watched like the mila kunis one today and and how she was you know, struggling with with some of the hot wings, but also like, there's like she's really into World of Warcraft, or she was like, you, there's like I learned things about her I did not know about. Like it's like these people come away like way more like people than they do celebrities because the questions are are so kind of widespread and some of them are really specific and they have a whole half an hour, so it's not like a a press junket right where they're given like two sentence answers. It's like no, they can actually like give a full answer to something and it's cool. I, I I've in, been enjoying it well that's good i think the youtube channel is first we feast and then like the playlist will be hot ones and there's a lot of them too they they got like over like 160 episodes they've been doing this for a fucking while i think i like youtube more than tele- television specifically for like niche topics yeah. Like, if I turn on TV, it's like, here's how gumdrops are made. And it's like, no. But if I turn on YouTube, it's like, here's the, the, uh, the fire disaster that occurred in this amusement park. I'm very bored, so I did a two-hour presentation about it. Like, oh, sweet. I was watching more mini-painting stuff, and uh, for Orktober, 
A lot of a lot of the mini painting channels do an orc content. Oh uh, yeah, someone did a someone made like a, a they took an orc figure but made him like Age of Sigmar styled, so they like bashed it a bit, and then they also made him into a vampire. Oh fun! And I was like, that's awesome. I want orc vampires. That's so dumb. Man, I'm really looking forward to painting my orcs. Orcs are so fun. I fucking love they orcs. are fun. They encourage creativity in a very unique way. Yeah. I actually, for one of my guys, I want to steal Herc's paint scheme, specifically since that's all they do is steal paint schemes. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Herc did a model where he did the, he, he he took the art design to some Dune spaceships from the Jodorowsky Unmade movie, where it's like tiger stripes, but they fade from yellow to purple. Oh, yeah. You know that look? Yep. He painted something like that on a mech, and it looked really good. So one of my orcs is going to be that. Nice. That's going to be hard. No, it, it'll be pretty easy. It, it, honestly, um, the stuff that I'm planning is going to be easier than my Monarch Butterfly design that I came up with when I was drunk. Oh, yeah. Those Tyranids look really good, though. I love uh, them, I still, I but still like I may those. never paint another Tyranid. <laughs> That's fair. That is super fair. <laughs> Well, yeah, we had fun tonight. I don't want to take up all your time. Yeah, we can leave. Um, quick thing before we go. Uh, by the time this goes up, I will have a new EP on my Bandcamp page. Oh, so is it ready? Anonym. Yep, yep. Going up tomorrow canonically, but obviously the show goes up Monday or Tuesday. So anonym.bandcamp.com if you want to hear uh, some of my weird kind of like video game <laughs> OST death metal music. Because I don't really know what genre it is, but there's a lot of... A lot of inspiration, but I'm pretty excited. Now, is this the is this the EP that includes my spoken word version of "Let It Go"? No. All right, stay tuned. Um, I would I would listen to that. Maybe not all of it. <laughs> I actually i I kind of want to do like some dumb song ideas, but in like short bits, and put them up on that YouTube channel I set up with my bird. Yeah. Where it's like, instead of committing to like a whole song, what if I made a 30-second skit out of how stupid the song sounds? Well, and that's the thing, right? Is that kind of joke, I feel like, only lasts 30 seconds. Yes. If, <clears throat> and so you keep it there, and it works. Like that uh, that air horn um, let it go thing. Really, really funny. But I never want to watch all of it, because after the first like minute, I'm kind of bored. Like The joke has played itself out. I want to do one where, like, I, I want to sing something and try to produce it up so it sounds as good as possible. And I want to film it, like, very nice and classy, where I look cool. But then it should cut back to, like, a karaoke night at the pug or something. And the audio is just, like, the crappy VR mic. And I'm, like, singing funny. out a key. And it's like, I, this is an easy joke. I could, I could figure this out. I could cut this together really fast. I just have to also, find the right song that I can actually pull off for the good part, and that's kind of the hard part. Yeah, as I say, you also know two people that know how to produce music, so. Yeah, that, that's just, my problem is my voice isn't good, so. I have to find something yeah, you, in my range that is believable. Yeah. For the joke I don't know how to help work. you there. I can't sing worth a shit. <clears throat> okay. The seltzer isn't bad. Good. We, uh, should we head out? I think we, I think we went on a journey, and it's been real fun. It has been real fun. 
I kind of want to talk more about Justice League, though. You think we should try that next week? We could try that. I I can't promise I'll watch the movie because I, no, I know I won't. But I, I think it might actually be better if you blindly wrote what a Justice League movie should be rather than trying to quote-unquote fix what we got. That would be interesting. Yeah. I would almost use some parameters, though, because otherwise, like, they're going to space to fight Dog Welder. It's not just it's not just Robin now. It's literally all of them. Okay, parameters. Um, it has to have a Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman minimum. Okay. It has to be a sequel to Batman v Superman. Okay. I want to say let's keep it open ended after that. That is interesting. I will. I will think on that. Yeah, I'll think on that too. That could be fun. Mine will be filmed in black and white. Like you do. Well, stay tuned, everybody. And remember, uh, send your emails to the email address I don't check anymore. Yeah, do it. Richard, you piece of shit. How come you don't fucking talk to us anymore, Richard? Let me see. Maybe he did. No. God damn it. Good night, everyone. Good night.